Hey, this is Ernest Azam. I am leading the Lush Format business at HP, covering Eastern Europe, Russia, Turkey, Middle East, and Africa. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Januzzo. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world, and I have a guest with me here, a wonderful gentleman, his name is Ernest Azam, and he is the Regional Business Manager for HP, managing large format printing in the Eastern Europe, Middle East and Africa region. Ernest has been with eight as an HP employee for over 15 years, beginning in 2003 as the large format printer's product manager for the Middle East. In 2008, uh, Ernest managed the Laser and Enterprise Solutions go-to-market unit. He joined the graphics solutions business team in 2013, managing the large format business for the Middle East Africa region until 2019, when his territory was expanded to include Eastern Europe. He has more than 20 years of experience in the graphics industry, and prior to joining HP, Ernest was a software and sales engineer at Heidelberg Golf. Ernest, a massive welcome to you and to the show. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks for the opportunity. Great to have you here. Hey, um, I've given a brief introduction about you. Is there anything else about your background? Tell me more about your background. Well, uh, I have been living in Dubai for more than 25 years now. So most of my life uh, I've spent in uh, Dubai. I've been working at HP, as you said, for more than 15 or 16 years even now. I am Canadian, but Lebanese origin. So I speak Arabic, French, and English. And as you said, I manage now a large region, which is an opportunity to discover cultures and uh, different ways of thinking covering Eastern Europe, Russia, Turkey, Middle East, and all of Africa. So you've gone from one climate, being Canada, where it can be quite cold at times, to go and living in Dubai, which can be just so hot. However, I've got to say, the times I've been in Dubai as well, Ernest, has been so cold inside with the air conditioning, right? So um, it's probably very similar. Not as cold as Canada. And, and you can imagine my uh, my body shock when I traveled in September. It was minus 15 in Canada uh, and landing in Dubai with plus 40 <laughs> exiting the plane. There were no tubes at the time and you feel uh, like you've entered an oven. But it's been an amazing ride. Wow. Yeah, I can, I can imagine the different climates for sure. 
And so listeners, I think that's a very good example of us being able to adapt in today's world, which is really good. But even though it's meaning climates and going into a new city or country for sure. So Ernest, how did you get into leadership? So that's, an, I believe, an interesting story that I always tell my team members who are aspiring to become managers and so on. I, I was a, an individual contributor. I was a product manager uh, running large format business in, in the region. And I was part of a what we call graphics team. So we were five, six people. But at the, uh, the structure at that time did not have a manager role. So we were all reporting to the GM who was busy with a lot of other things. And I realized that this is an opportunity for me to grab hold of some of the leadership tasks that the GM could not do for this specific team. So I started asking him for meetings. He would ask me to run them and so on. And and it evolved into the GM realizing that I could be a manager or a leader. And that resulted in him giving me an opportunity to, to do an actual leadership role and manage a big team and a big business in the company. So you have to grab it and find it yourself and not wait for somebody to give it to you. Right. So grab the opportunity or go and find the opportunity. Don't wait for somebody else to give it to you is really important here. So grab it with two hands, run, go for it. And exactly. uh, that's what Ernest has done. Yeah, excellent. What was it like for you to grab it with two hands or go for it? And did it feel, Did you? were you nervous? Was it? Did you have confidence or how were you? Not at all. Honestly, it was not necessarily intentional confidence. It came natural. And I think people who enjoy and are successful at being leaders, it comes natural to them. Some people don't have it. Their skills are somewhere else. Their strength is somewhere else. And they take leadership and they're not as successful or they're not as happy. So people who would become successful leaders, it should be natural. It should not be forced or driven or pushed. Okay, great. Nice, excellent. So give them the opportunity and probably give them space to be able to do that, right? So it's natural uh, exactly. for sure. Hey, Ernest, who, now this person could be alive or from history. Who's your favorite leader and why? Okay. I would say uh, Richard Branson, but that is not much about the net worth or no, number of companies he runs. But for me, the most important part is the joy of what he does. He looks happy. He exudes happiness and joy in what he does. And I think this is as important and as inspiring as financial success or, you know, the number of companies or businesses you manage. Happiness in what you do is key. And I believe that's the ultimate objective. Happiness in what you do, I'm writing this down, is key. I think that's awesome. I think that's that's fantastic. So, team, if you're not doing something today and you're not happy in doing it, Ernest, what do you think they should do? If, they, if they're not happy in something they're doing today, what do you think people should do? I think people should look back to themselves and think about what they enjoy doing. People are more successful in jobs where they love what they do, where they are happy with what they do, than people who force themselves because... Culturally, habit says you have to become a manager, you have to do this, you have to do that. If you're not happy, you won't be successful and you will be miserable. Being happy leads to success. Nice. Being happy leads to success. That's good. And I think the thing here is, is if you're not happy and you're miserable, as you say, what happens here, team, is that you'll take that home. You'll be miserable to live with, for sure. And uh, I think it's uh, so being happy leads to success. Excellent. 
the question I've got here for you, uh, Ernest, is the title of the show is called Leadership is Changing, as you know. When I say that title, what does that mean for you? I think leadership is changing in a lot of ways. And I believe that these changes are challenging a lot of old habits that we are used to. I'll name a few of these that I believe are very important. Successful leadership today is about influence, not authority. People driven by their own conviction go further than people who are being pulled or pushed. Habits or culturally or, you know, the way things were happening was that the leader has to push his team and drive them. And I believe that it's more today about influence and conviction than push or even pull. And I think this is challenging one of the old habits that we do. The second one, I think Ralph Nader, who was a prominent lawyer in the U.S. and and actually a, a presidential candidate at some point, he said the function of leadership is to produce more leaders, not more followers. Again, habit is leaders would have a bigger team, the bigger team, the bigger leader I am, but it's not about that anymore. And I had such an experience where all of my team became regional managers or product managers, and I was proudest at that time, not because of the bigger team I have, but because all of them moved on to bigger jobs and bigger roles. And I'll say one more. The role of a leader is to create a safe place for the team, which provides secure environment for them, but that is not enough. I think a leader needs to create a brave space, which will encourage creativity and challenge of the status quo. Otherwise, we don't drive change. Safety does not drive change. Brave space allows for that change to happen. Wow. So create a brave space for the people in your organization to be have the courage to be able to go and do things. And I think, you know, Ernest, what you're saying here is that you're coupling that with create a safe space but a secure environment. But that's not just good enough. It's about having uh, the space to have a um, well, create a brave space. And I love that. I think that's really good. And listeners, you know, Ernest is sharing here with us some great wisdoms here and the three different things that he's just shared with us, which is brilliant, right? So uh, today's leadership is about influence and not, what was the other word that you said? Push or pull. Push or pull. Okay, so it's not about just influence, it's not about push and pull either. So you've got to be a leader that can be able to be fluid, be able to move with the change, of course. And number two was function of leadership is to produce more leaders, not followers. And number three was to create a safe space or a safe place and secure environment, but create a brave space. I think that's that's brilliant. So, Ernest, uh, wondering what you're going to say now because what you've shared so far has been awesome. Thanks. How is yeah, that's all good. So, how has your business or industry changed, and what sort of pressures does that put on you or your leadership team? I think there are several aspects that are changing the industry in general, not only large format printing, but the industry in general. And, and I think sustainability is one of the big aspects of, of change in business, which is driving change in the, in the development of products. And especially in printing, it's not only about recyclability because people think sustainability equals recycling, but that's not the only thing. It's the whole cycle of life of the product, including Mm -hmm. the manufacturer or, or, or the components of the ink itself that you are using every day to produce prints. The second point is security. And I think it's becoming more and more relevant in our world today. And people think that I have an antivirus on my PC, that's enough. But people who use viruses or or phishing or things like that can penetrate through your printer also and penetrate the network, not only through your PC. 
And that's a key thing in our development of new products that we make sure that they are part of this whole secure environment. And the most exciting one actually is mobility. And when you think about large format printers that is one meter big, and you think, what does this have to do with mobility, right? You cannot carry a printer with you on the, on the run. But if you think about people on the move today, you can receive a document on your mobile device, even if it's one meter big, but you can check it out on your screen. But you can print it to your printer, which is back in the office or at home or in another country from your mobile device and print a one meter plot remotely without being next to the printer and managing it. And it's becoming that easy today. Wow. So you could be in another country totally and for your mobile phone, you can print, say, at the back of the office or back at, uh, back at home, even though you're in a totally different country. Exactly. We believe that collaboration is key today. You have different expertise in different companies, which could be in different countries, and they collaborate with each other. And this is a way where somebody can make a modification and print it to another printer in another country, and they collaborate with each other this way in an easy way. Wow, that's fantastic. And, you know, I recently I was looking at some printers at a local dealer here, and there was an HP printer that I was looking at, and the toner, I can't remember the number of models, it doesn't matter, but the toner was so small, but the amount of pages was more than the bigger toners of the older, older devices. And and when you look at it, because I know that some of these, the actual devices are actually cheaper, but then when you look at the consumables, you're like, wow. But this was really, really, really good and really price effective, fantastic. And I thought, wow, look at the way that technology has gone. Look at the way that these guys are innovating out there, which is fantastic. And so you're talking about the innovation and the way things have changed from a business perspective. Has it changed at all for you as a leader? Of course, it changes the way we interact with our partners and our customers and the message we give to them. So on one hand, you have to understand your own process and how sustainability, security, mobility is changing from a technology perspective. But another thing is to pass it down the chain into the whole ecosystem of partners and customers and explaining it to them. And in some countries, it's easy to adapt and and accept. And in others, it's difficult. It's still a difficult conversation to highlight the importance of sustainability, security, and things like that. So the whole ecosystem changes, and the message is not only anymore about how fast is the printer or what's the cost, but the whole ecosystem and how it saves the environment, the security, and all these things together. Yeah, true. Okay, that's good. Good to know. Hey, if there was one thing that you could change in business, Ernest, uh, as a leader today, what would that one thing be? The thing I would, I would say today, and we've been one year and a half almost working from home, away from each other, I would go back to some face-to-face interaction. That's the thing I think that's going to be the thing I would, I would hope for, I would wish for to go back to that personal interaction because mm-hmm. it drives a different conversation, it drives different creativity, ideas. I don't think we will go f- back fully to where we were before, but somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and so tell us uh, in Dubai, how, how has it been in the sense of the, of the COVID side of things, the pandemic? Have you had to be in, in, in hard lockdowns? What's life been like in the last sort of 18 months or a year actually since March, right? Yes. So at the beginning, we had hard lockdowns with permits to move around and so on. But the local government put very good restrictions in terms of directions that you need to put a mask and social distancing and so on. And almost everything is open again. So 
restaurants, uh, places, everything is open within the guidelines set by the government, which has worked very well in the region. But for us as a company, uh, we're still working from home. Yeah, okay. And what about the teams? How have they adapted to moving uh, or to, to working from home? And what has it been like for the leaders to lead teams from working from home? So surprisingly, everybody adapted well because we have to get on with business. And I think people are resilient that way that they find ways to, to adapt. But also for leaders, I can tell you personally, it was a bit difficult because the change I got expanding the region, I have a few team members that are in, in Russia, for example, a different country that I could never visit since I took over. So I haven't met them face to face yet since the pandemic started or since I took over the business. But I tried to find ways to connect the team together and build a cohesive team between the people in Russia and the people in the Middle East and the people in Africa by doing activities. I have a half an hour every week called Team Connect, which is not business at all. We play games, uh, we do charades, we do things that or exercises that get us to know each other more. We break out into smaller groups. And I think that brought the team together in ways that I didn't think were possible before. Yeah, so Team Connect, that's what you do uh, once a week, every, every week for yes. half an hour? Yes. Yeah, fantastic. So I like what you said, no business. We don't do any business there, but it's all about the team and connecting and getting to know each other. You're so right. It's so difficult in the situation whereby you've got teams in other countries of the world. The, 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 the great thing we've got is we've got tools that have got videos that we can actually see each other and so forth, but it's still, we miss that human element, right? That being able to see somebody, have a chat with somebody, that's still missing, which is which is a little bit, bit of a shame. But no, we all know what we need to do at the moment, so that's the way things are, right? Adapt. <laughs> Adapt, yes, exactly. Yeah. Or that other word that people use, which I keep going, Ugh which is pivot, right? But I think adapt's a great word and being able to adapt, I think it's really, really important for all of us to be able to do and whatever we are doing in life is having the ability to adapt and doing it quickly, for sure. Exactly. Hey, Ernest, you've been an employee, you are an employee, I'm, I've been an employee in the past and uh, we know people who are employees. How has employees' expectations of leaders changed? I think, well, I've, I've been working for, well, let's say 25 years, right? And, and I think at, um, at the beginning, I wanted a leader who would tell me where to go, what to do, etc. But, but I think expectations have changed. And in, in the modern world, people expect vision. People expect direction. Where are we going? Why am I doing this? They need clear objectives, of course. But as I said, they want the long-term vision and leadership. But they also expect advice, mentorship. And also development plans. How can I, can I develop my career? And advice to develop it in the right direction, not in the wrong direction, as I said before. Mm. Yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, the, the, a lot of people are wanting their mentoring. They're actually wanting some strong leadership, and they're looking for that strong leadership. If people don't see that strong leadership and don't get their mentorship, don't get that development, what, what tends to happen? What, what do they normally do? They usually disconnect. They become disengaged, and that is the most dangerous thing, especially at this time. I think during COVID, it showed very well that people who go to their job and do it just because they have to do it, they won't succeed. They won't cope. They won't stay engaged. But people who do it out of passion, they're convinced they have a direction, they know where they're going, they succeed to adapt and they 
get on with doing the business that they need to do because they have the passion for it. One of the tasks I gave my team recently is because we drown in everyday issues, we have to adapt, we're doing things on a day-to-day basis. I've asked them to put a plan where would they be in a year from now and what would they need to get there. Regardless if there is COVID or not, let's put the plan and then we see how to implement it. And that gets you out of your day-to-day issues and puts a bit of direction long-term and then we start to execute. Nice. What is your plan with or without COVID? It doesn't matter. Let's just get the plan in place and get on with it. Well, I like that because that's where a lot of people might even use it as an excuse to not do things at the moment or they're just paralyzed, I think, and uh, they're not sure of the unknown. I like what you're saying. Get on with it. Let's go for it and let's put it in place, which is good. Now, we're living in a world that's so fast paced and it's always changing. So what makes a leader successful today in this fast paced, ever changing world? So I think it's in the same line as I had mentioned before. Leaders are successful today when they set clear direction and objectives, then mm-hmm. drive by influence, not by title. Um, it's not, I'm your manager, I'm telling you what to do. I need to get you on board to where you need to go and empower the team by providing a brave space and a safe space for them to create and think out of the box. Yep, cool. So lead or drive, as Ernest was saying, by influence, not title. And I think that's a wonderful thing because influence is a really big thing. And I and I, I think that's, you know, there's lots of authors who talk about leadership is influence. And I think, Ernest, here, that's what's really important, the fact that even if you, you know, you're in a job, you have a title of a manager, that doesn't mean that you're the leader either, does it? So you have to have, be quite influential. And I always find that if you go to a school PTA or a school committee or if you go to a community committee, uh, not-for-profit organizations, and there's a lot of volunteers, that's when you start to see see some real leadership coming through. Why? Because these people don't work for you. They're all volunteers. They don't get paid. So it's about influence and being able to use that influence, which I think is really important. What's your thoughts on that? I think leadership is is not about the position. A person in a team can be can have leadership skills and can drive the team and can drive projects and execution. It could be even driving people to be passionate. So a leader is not a manager. A leader is a leader whether he's a manager or not. And I believe that's the key to, to people being involved and engaged. And that's where leadership starts. It starts not by being a manager but by being a leader. And then you can become a manager because you're a leader. Yeah, great. That's a good way of putting it, for sure. Alrighty, so if I was to get you to get your crystal ball out here and start thinking about the future here, where do you see leadership being in five years? I believe the pandemic has changed the way we do business, I think, uh, for the long term, not only for the short term. I don't think we will go back to where we were before. We need to find a middle ground between remote and physical And I think this is where leaders need to think, how do I continue to manage, continue to keep the team engaged, build team spirit and direction remotely by having not fully remote and not fully on site, something in between. And I think this is where we need to think going forward, uh, how do we do that? Yeah, so having a balance between both, and I think what we're seeing here as well is that uh, a lot of people who own commercial properties or organisations that are leasing or own commercial properties and that, some of them are actually downsizing right now because they feel like they don't need all the office space. 
But what happens if it was to swing around the next six months or 12 months time? The next minute they've got not enough office space and so then it's going to create more demand and, and so forth. But I think you're right. I mean, there's going to be that balance between both, right, where we have to look at both sides to see what we're doing in relation to to the actual commercial property side of things for sure. Has people Have people gone to, moved into the actual office and started going back to the office or they're still fully 100% still working from home in your organization? So in my organization, everybody's still working from home except for R&D and some people like that because they need to be in the office working with equipment and so on. But uh, from business perspective, uh, business management, everybody's working from home still. Yeah. So in here in New Zealand, what we did is uh, we actually saw people going back around sort of, uh, we did the lockdown seven, eight weeks and started going back into work around about the sort of May mark, May area. And uh, what we noticed is that people sort of wanted to stay home more. Then uh, we had a couple, another lockdown and so forth. What we found is that people were trying, were struggling to go back to the office. They were struggling. The leaders were struggling to try and get people to come back to the office. And so by the time we got to the end of last year, and I don't know if this is the same for you and your team, people were emotionally, physically, and mentally tired. They just needed to have a break. And I know that not every country will celebrate Christmas and so forth, but I think that um, when we saw when we got to December, January, people were just very tired. And so this part of the world, it's our summer holidays, right? So people took summer break and came back refreshed. Uh, and now we're back in more lockdowns as well. So it's a bit interesting to see where people go. What what have your leaders done? Or what are you, I mean, to you, you talk about the team connection side of things, right? So that's really good. Have you spoken to any of your peers or anyone else that you know in the industry and what they're doing with, with people to keep them engaged and keep them motivated and inspired? So I think it's different by, by organization or company. In the country here, there are a lot of companies that went back to the office and there are a lot of companies who, that didn't. And it's different reactions from different uh, aspects and, and points of view. But what I think is, as I said, we'll go, we're going to go back to somewhere in the middle. We're not going to go back to 100% to the office and we're not going to be 100% at home. You see people who have families and kids at home, they find difficulty. They cannot keep their kids down. It's difficult to concentrate, so they are frustrated. Some people got used to staying at home. They don't want to go back to the office. And I think we're going to be somewhere in between. But the key thing is to remember that even if you're working from home, you need that coffee break that you used to have in the office, which you don't have at home anymore. Uh, you need to tone down all your calendar meetings and calendar calls. Call people on the phone uh, as usual, as you would have done before without being at home. Now everything is a meeting, is a request in your calendar. Your calendar gets full. You don't have time to move around. People have to go back to as if you're in the office but from home and take your breaks, take your coffee breaks, have a chat on the phone, not on Zoom. And... We have a drive in the organization that there was a committee to reduce the number of calls in your calendar because they get full suddenly and you don't have time to breathe during your day. And at the end, you have screen burnout. Wow, that's great. So you get screen burnout because people are in front of the screen all day. And I think what you guys have done is is, is fantastic because what I'm finding is that people working from home, they transition and they don't have the transition of driving to work going by boat, going by train. They don't have that transition to work or coming back. So they end up working through to 7 p.m. at night and they still even haven't had lunch. And so I think what you're doing in the organization to make sure 
You're not filling your calendar up with a whole lot of meetings. You are taking breaks is really, really important. So, Ernest, you and your organization, well done on what you're doing. I think it's wonderful and uh, it's very good. So, so thank you. Thanks. I appreciate it. So, Ernest, thanks for joining us on today's show. If our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, where should they go? My name is on LinkedIn. It's as, as, as it is. So they can join me on LinkedIn and contact me there anytime. Ah, great. That's good. So once again, hey, thanks for joining us on today's show. It's been great having you here. Thank you for the opportunity, Dennis. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed it a lot. And uh, thanks for the opportunity again. Awesome. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and the unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Hey, look out for the episodes as they're being released. Download them, have a listen, put a review, a rating. Share them with your friends, your network, your family. If there's any feedback you'd like to give me, please feel free to send me an email. If there's any questions you have for my guests that you'd like me to ask the guests as I interview them, or for the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode, if you have a question, feel free to send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, if you haven't already checked out the Facebook group, Leadership is Changing, or on LinkedIn, the Facebook, uh, the actual page on LinkedIn called Leadership is Changing, go ahead and do that. We're looking at uh, developing a community there of leaders uh, from all walks of life in all sorts of countries right now, and it's fantastic to have you there. So if you haven't already checked that out, go ahead and do it. See you on Facebook there, Leadership is Changing, or on LinkedIn on the page, Leadership is Changing as well. Listeners, thanks for tuning in today. It's always a pleasure coming to you. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.